I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Presentation of KSL Sports. Hello, Cougar Nation. Hand off middle. First down. Touchdown! And listen to the Cougar Nation. Every Monday night, we break down the Cougars' last game and look ahead to next week. Cougar Nation, brought to you by Blue Barn Wealth. Here's BYU insider Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio. It's been 254 long days since BOU football last played a game. That'll all change five days from now when the Cougars kick off. It's inaugural season in the Big 12, hosting Sam Houston. It's a season we've been waiting for a long, long time, Mitch, and it's finally here, BOU in the Big 12. BYU got that invite to the Big 12 back in September of 2021, and this is the moment they've been waiting for. Cougar Nation has been waiting for this moment for five decades since Lavelle Edwards took over this program. You're about to witness BYU football as a Power 5 team this Saturday when they take on the Sam Houston Bearcats. We've got a loaded show for you today. We're going to be breaking down the new depth chart that was released earlier today down in Provo. We're going to get to that. We're going to break down this BYU-Sam Houston matchup. Also, be taking your calls, 801-575-8255. Hit up the phone lines because we're going to have a giveaway. We're going to qualify you for a giveaway for some Cincinnati BYU tickets. The first Big 12 home game a little bit later in the month of September. So get hitting that phone line and you can get on board potentially with us to talk some BYU football. It's 801-575-8255. But we got to start things off with our takeaways. Cougar Nation takeaways. Mitch and Matt analyze BYU's last week of practice and BYU's prep for opening night. The most notable thing on BYU's depth chart, of course, is at quarterback, Keaton Slovis. No surprise, of course. He's been the number one QB for many, many many months. Keaton Slovis is leading the charge for BYU. Before we dive into this depth chart, Matt, how important is Keaton Slovis to this BYU team? Because we did hear him earlier today. Oh, he's huge. If he can get back to what we saw in his freshman and sophomore year at USC – where he's completing over 65% of his passes. He's efficient, throwing touchdowns on as many interceptions. This team will go to a bowl game, and the sky is maybe not the limit because it's a tough schedule in the Big 12, but they could have a really good year. If he plays like he did against Pitt, I think it's going to be a battle to get the bowl eligibility. It was interesting last week. Pitt players and coaches were taking subtle, veiled shots at Slovis, saying their new quarterback is everything they wanted to have in a QB last year. So Slovis got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. Ten touchdowns last year. Nine interceptions, though, a season ago with Pitt. 
He comes into BYU, and I asked him today about, you know, it feels like everyone just continues to talk about how he seems like a, a guy that's been around here for years. And he noted that, you know, he likes being at BYU because of the players that the type of people that are around him in this program, and he leads the way for BYU. He, of course, is atop the depth chart as quarterback one, which is something we've known for quite some time. What was a big surprise to you on this depth chart that just got – put out today for the first time this season. One of the things that really jumped out to me, Mitch, was starting center Paul Miley. I I just thought, based on Connor Pay having been the center for the entirety of spring and having been the center for the past couple years with Jaron Hall at quarterback, that he would have been the odds-on favorite to remain at center. And that was a battle that we had didn't know which way it was going to go. We heard offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick mention multiple times, it's a good problem to have. They can play either way. But deep down, I still kind of felt like you're going to roll with the center who was there in spring. You're going to roll with the center who was at that position all of last year and the year before. That's not the case. He'll be at right guard, which I would have said if he's not center, would have been left guard. No, right guard for Connor Pay, Paul Miley center. That was interesting to me to see that shakeup. I, I put up my big five takeaways on the depth chart up on kslsports.com before this show. So go download the KSL Sports app to see the in-depth takeaways. But one in particular that did stand out was at safety. Micah Harper, he's out for the year at strong safety. The next guy replacing him, Talon Alfrey, he's gone as well. Kalani Satake talked about the new man, Ethan Slade, going to get the start at strong safety. He's a playmaker. Ethan is a great student of the game. I think he's been not a surprise for me, but a surprise for Jay Hill and and he's really taken to Jay Hill's coaching and, and the mentoring that he's given him. That whole entire group, I, I feel really good about. Uh, from what I've seen from week one to where we're at now in fall camp, I feel really confident going into the season with Ethan and the others that are on the depth chart. Kalani feels confident. I don't know if Jay Hill completely feels confident yet. Jay Hill noted that it's a little bit of a safety by committee. Ethan Slade, a walk-on DB from Orem High School. Yes, like Kalani said, he's made plays in fall camp, spring ball. He's been a guy that's been uh, making some big plays in camp. But this is a bigger stage, uh, having under the lights against Sam Houston on Saturday night at 8:15. This is a safety group that's very thin. The loss of Micah Harper amplifies that when you see this depth chart out today. Yeah, it's it's a real. It's becoming a real problem because we're not even. To a game, we haven't played our first game. It's game week, but we haven't played our first game, and we're down to the third string safety for heaven's sakes. Attrition is going to happen as games are played. So saying the safety room is thin is an understatement. It is razor thin right now, and it's going to affect, I think, the way that they play defense. I don't know if they can be as aggressive with that kind of uh, lack of depth at the safety position. Knock on wood, you asked Coach uh, Satake. If Alfrey was out for the year, he said no. Hopefully he gets back sooner than later so that you feel a little bit better about the depth, but it is not ideal to be playing the first game on the third string uh, strong safety. I'd be looking maybe at that Arkansas week potentially, and and you should be able to get by with Ethan Slade with Sam Houston or Southern Utah. If you can't, then you got a whole lot more issues than (laughs) Ethan Slade or the safety position if you can't, can't get by these teams the first couple of weeks for BYU. Again, BYU football depth chart here on Cougar Nation, breaking it down. If you want the full takeaways, go on kslsports.com. What also caught my attention, Matt, was the wide receiver position. Fessy Satake told us last week after the scrimmage on Cougar Sports Saturday, 
He said they had a top six, but they added a seventh guy to the mix on the depth chart. That's Josiah Phillips. Yeah, that was a major surprise because we had heard all throughout fall camp, it's top six. These are the guys. Even a week ago on Cougar Sports Saturday, uh, Fessy Satake laid out those six. and Jojo Phillips was not in the mix. So that, that, was, uh, that was a really big surprise. Jumping even guys after uh, that top six, you would have assumed Hobbs Nyberg, Talmadge Gunther would be those next guys up. JoJo Phillips and his promise jumped all the way in front of them. That was very notable. BYU's defense first year under Jay Hill is going to be a a work in progress. It's a complicated scheme for BYU, but uh, the Cougars have some interesting personnel. Their defensive line starting in week one, Tyler Batty off the edge in the interior, Atunaisa Mahe, Jackson Cravens, who comes in from Boise State, and then Zay Banya, Cravens' old teammate at Boise, getting the start at outside edge. I think this defensive line has the ability to potentially surprise this year, Matt, but it's going to be uh, kind of a wait and see with this group until we actually see results. Yeah, and it was a mild surprise to see Jackson Cravens and Zay Bagna, for me personally, in that starting defensive line group. That Guys that played a lot last year, Caden Hawes, John Nelson, bumped down in the two deep, and that's fine if Cravens and Bagna come in and produce because this defensive line needs more production. There's no doubt about it. But that was, and a lot, it's a good surprise too, because that means you went into the portal, you got some experience, you got some talent. They came in and proved to defensive coordinator Jay Hill that they're ready to start right away. So I think that is a good sign for the overall depth and possible production this season for the defensive line. It was also noteworthy today that Kalani said that there's nothing that is causing him to lose sleep at night about this team. He feels confident. You know, he's consistently told us at, at Big 12 Media Days, he said that this is going to be the deepest team that he's had since he's been the head coach at BYU. Already in his eighth season as the head coach of the Cougars. It's crazy to think Kalani's been there that long, but he feels pretty confident, and I think Cougar Nation should feel pretty good about this team. Yeah, there's questions. That's going to be the case every year, but you got the Big 12. It's finally here. This stage has arrived. And I do look at that depth chart, man, and I feel like this is a, a pretty talented football team that's got options that if you do have an injury or two, you can still be able to perform at a high level if you're BYU. Yeah. One more takeaway for me, Mitch, and this goes back to the offensive side of the ball. Maybe a little piggyback off of JoJo Phillips here, but three freshmen on the offensive side of the depth chart, and the biggest surprise to me was L.J. Martin. Not that he did not make waves in camp, because he did. The biggest surprise, Matt, I warned you on Saturday, <laughs> said he's going to be the second-best running back, maybe could be the best. He might be, but for him to have jumped Falau Rapati and everything that he did last season, and I never I never thought Rapati looked bad in camp. I know we weren't there all that often. L.J. Martin just looks the part. It, it, saw him on but he's day still one. a true freshman. Saw him on day one, Matt. I said, that's a dude, six <laughs> two, two oh five. He's got this like legs that are built he like a great. thirty like a grown NFL man. Like he, he is legit. He's only eighteen years old. He is the future at the position for BYU. Aiden Robbins is gonna be the star, six three, two forty. He's a co captain. We'll get to some of those captains a little bit later. But LJ Martin is going to be special. We will see he might be listed as third string right now. But he will probably be second in carries and overall snaps on Saturday night. He is going to play a lot, and he's going to be a big-time player. Going to be special is different than having produced at the college level. That's why I'm surprised that it's day one. If we're talking week seven, eight, nine, that it, I, talent, it, w- it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying he's not talented, Mitch. I'm just saying it is a surprise that a true freshman who's never 
carried the football in, in college jumps a dude who was very productive at the end of last year. And so it does speak to his talent. I'm just saying it's a surprise because the guy that he jumped had moments last year. Jackson Bowers, a freshman that's tight end. One. He's another one that's going to be in the mix as well. Cougar Nation, keep blowing up the phone lines, 801-575-8255. Cougar Nation, sponsored by Blue Barn Wealth, fee-only fiduciaries who help you live within your means, bluebarnwealth.com. Taking a break on the other side We'll get to some of those captains and also a Sam Houston preview. What do we know about these Bearcats who are moving up to Conference USA? It's Cougar Nation on KSL Sports and KSL News Radio. Cougar Nation. Monday at 6 on KSL News Radio. Cougar Nation brought to you by Blue Barn Wealth. Every Monday night, here 6 to 7 throughout the football season. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte. Usual host on Cougar Sports Saturday will be breaking down everything BYU football. Make sure to hit up the phone line, 801-575-8255, to qualify for a chance to win tickets to the BYU-Cincinnati game. So hit up those phone lines. We'll take some of your calls throughout the show. Matt, BYU football announced their captains today. There is a long list of players (laughs) that are going to be wearing that captain C for BYU this season. Yep, let's start on the offensive side of the football. Keaton Slovis, Isaac Rex, Connor Pay, Kingsley Suamataia, your offensive captains on the defensive side. You've got Tyler Batty, no surprise there. Ben Bywater, and some newcomers, Eddie Heckard and A.J. Bong-Pachon. Those are your eight captains. And then there's some co-captains as well. Yeah, long list of co-captains too. Wide receiver Cody Epps, wide receiver Keanu Hill, Atu Naisamahe, Paul Miley on the offensive line, Safety Malik Moore, punter Ryan Rico, running back Aiden Robbins. Punters are people, too. They are. And uh, wide receiver Chase Roberts, Jacob Robinson, Max Tooley. Basically, everyone that's a starter <laughs> is going to be a captain. Uh, that's apparently how it goes down there. Everyone's, uh, everyone's a captain down there. You can see all the details and the minutia behind all those picks on kslsports.com and the KSL Sports app. Matt, we got to get into the details of this BYU Sam Houston team. I think a lot of Cougar fans out there have no clue anything about who is Sam Houston. Where are they from? What a, what should we know about them? Well, the Bearcats are moving up from the FCS ranks to Conference USA. First game coming up on Saturday night as an FBS team. They've got national championship pedigree. They won the FCS title during that spring 2021 year amidst COVID-19. So they believe and they're confident that they have a winning culture coming off a 5 and 4 season a year ago but they redshirted a lot of players in preparation for this move up to the FBS and playing teams like BYU what catches your attention about Sam Houston Man I think you just touched on it the redshirt there's there's really not a lot that we know about this team because last year was a transition year for Sam Houston and Kalani Satake head coach of BYU football he noted the same thing yeah, there are a lot of unknowns, but that's I think that every team can go through that. You wonder if they're going to do a lot of what they've done last year. They hired a new offensive coordinator, a veteran, and a guy that's called games before. So there's this mindset of being ready for everything, but you have to have that mindset going into game one. Everyone's doing that. There'll always be a few surprises, and we have to be prepared for all of it. And for us, it's focusing on the fundamentals, making sure that we have that under control, and then and executing with our technique. Take this with a grain of salt, Mitch, because, again, the roster is going to look different this Saturday than it did last year. 
But last year, Sam Houston could not throw the football. Just not a good passing team whatsoever. Five yards per pass attempt. They almost ran for as many yards per rush as they did throwing the football. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. So I think even though there's a new personnel and we'll have to see what the quarterback situation looks like, I'm not expecting an air raid offense out of the Sam Houston team. Two quarterback options for Sam Houston. They've got a guy in Keegan Shoemaker who's the returning starter. But they brought in a transfer who was one of the most heralded transfer or high school recruits in the state of Texas. He's all-time leading passer in the history of Texas high school football. Wow. Grant Gunnell, who's on his fourth school in four years. You talk about Keaton Slovis making a lot of moves, three schools in three years. This Grant Gunnell guy, four schools, four years, most recently at North Texas. Kalani Satake knows that either one of these quarterbacks from Sam Houston could be playing on Saturday. Rafa's coordinator has called games in, in the ACC for many years, so he, he knows how to get this team ready, and he, he'll know in week one it doesn't really matter. There's, there's no film for us to really follow that, that, that it's all going to be brand, kind of brand new. Uh, Jay Hill and his staff will have to get the, the defense ready, and whatever, whichever quarterback shows up, whether it's one or the other or both, we'll, we'll have to have an answer, and I think Jay's ready for that, and we'll, we'll see if that's the challenge. It's going to be an interesting challenge just because of the unknowns, but I think there's still a lot to expect. And one thing I'm expecting, we want to hear from you too. Look, this is Cougar Nation. So give it, call us in, 801-575-TALK, 801-575-8255. What do you want to see this Saturday? What are your expectations for this opening game against Sam Houston? One expectation that I have, Mitch, is there's a lot of new personnel, registered players coming back. Are they going to be more talented? Yes. But I still think it takes time to get things going find the chemistry, gel together. Last year, this Sam Houston team was not great on third down. They were 34% conversion rate on third down. And I just mentioned they don't throw the football very well. Maybe that'll change with Grant Cannell. Who knows? We'll see. But I'm not expecting an air raid offense. So, with that being said, I expect BYU to get after the quarterback this Saturday. I want to see four to five sacks because this team's going to be predictable. They're going to try and run the football Slow the game down, and on obvious passing downs, you got to get after a team that cannot throw the football very well. So that's one of the things I'm looking forward to the most. You can rely on BYU's talent at linebacker. I think BYU's linebackers have been a complete overhaul in the offseason. It's a huge upgrade. Ben Bywater, Max Tooley, A.J. Vong, Fachon, you got to rely on those guys, and they should be able to take care of business for BYU. Defensively for Sam Houston's where I have the intrigue. I, I really could see, Matt, this game leaving BYU fans scratching their head going, what did we just witness for the first 15 minutes? Because I could see a scenario where maybe it's only 3-0 to zero after the first quarter or 7-zip, and you're thinking, why is BYU not pulling away from these guys? Because they've got a nasty defense. They play a 4-2-5 scheme. Their front six gets aggressive, and I would not be surprised if they get after BYU quite a bit. And if BYU is not showing that respect to Sam Houston. I know the coaches are saying all the right things. I just feel like it's always a different dynamic yeah. in the in the locker room with players. Players have said the right things today, too, but they better respect Sam Houston because I think they are capable of creating pressure for Keenan Slovis because Slovis is not a dual threat. He's going to sit in that pocket, and if he gets the pressure, that's where things go sideways for him during his college career. So they got to keep him upright in order to you know have success early and often for BYU's offense. Show's called Cougar Nation because we want to hear from you. Cougar Nation, 
We got our first call of the show, Mitch. Mike from Twin Falls. Mike, what do you got for us, man? Hey, Mitch and Matt. Great to be with you. Love the new show. Uh, looking forward to Sam Houston, obviously, Saturday night. And, and as we look at the depth chart, I'm super excited to watch some of these freshmen you guys talked about, L.J. Martin and uh, and Bowers at tight end. But on the defensive side, I noticed that there's five or six freshmen or redshirt freshmen in that too deep as well. And just wondered who you think of those freshmen we might see make an impact on Saturday night. I think one in particular could be an Ace Kafusi, and I appreciate the call, Mike, because I think Ace Kafusi got a lot of first-team snaps in spring ball. I think he's going to make some contributions this year. And obviously, Jay Hill doesn't rotate as much as we've grown accustomed to with Elisa Tuiaki defenses. But I do think there will be some spots where you will see some of these uh, younger players. I also think a- Isaiah Glasker. I think he's yep. the fourth linebacker for BYU. Glasker was running with the first team quite a bit in fall camp to the point where we thought maybe there was a chance he could be the starter over Max Tooley. Ultimately, Tooley, being a veteran, one of the older guys in the program, he's starting at that rover position. But Isaiah Glasker is also a name to watch, too. And also, keep an eye on Maury Bamba. I know he's not a freshman, but a second-year guy out of the J.C. ranks. I believe Maury Bamba's got NFL potential because of his size. 6'3", 185, longest arms, biggest hands in the program. They're massive. I mean, they are, like, right there with Caleb Etienne-type size. And if he picks up the game and gets game snaps, Maury Bamba is a name to watch. I know Jay Hill loves him. He's gave him a lot of first-team reps. He'll be a good one for BYU. Let me also add to that, just because the strong safety position is decimated by injuries right now, uh, Raider DeMooney in an oar with Crew Wakely. We know that Jay Hill said that's going to be a little committee approach. In a perfect world, you don't want to play him, but there might be a situation where if the guys in front of him aren't producing, you'll see Raider DeMooney as well. Crew Wakely was a great quarterback locally at Jordan High School, went up to Utah State, transfers down to BYU. Jay Hill loves him. He's a good athlete. He's rangy. So I think that uh, you know one of those guys is going to have to play if, if needed. All right, let's take another break here on Cougar Nation. We'll continue to take our call, your calls all throughout the next half hour of the show. 801-575-8255. What questions do you have for us about the depth chart? And we'll get your thoughts as well on your expectations. What do you want to see in this opening game on Saturday against Sam Houston? We'll do that next. News, traffic, and weather coming your way. And then back with more Cougar Nation. Cougar Nation. The Cougars picked it up. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. On KSL News Radio. Cougar Nation, however, and wherever you're listening, we appreciate having you on board each and every Monday night. 
throughout this football season from 6 to 7 p.m. right here on KSL News Radio. It is game week. Only a few days away from toe meeting leather. We'll all be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I think the weather's going to be pretty dang good, too, so that's going to be nice. Cannot wait for that. And we'll get to your calls in just a moment. You can call us at 801-575-TALK. We want to hear uh, what does success look like this Saturday? What do you want to see against Sam Houston? We'll get to those in just a few moments. But we haven't done this yet, so we got to get out of the way before the games begin. Our bold predictions for this 2023 football season. Mitch, what do you got? Here's a bold prediction, Matt. And we put up some bold predictions on kslsports.com. BYU, top 25 nationally in sacks. How about it? That Top is 25 so in the nation. I, I am blown away. Look, I can't believe it. Last year, B- Weber State's defense had 33 sacks. They were bottom 10 in the country last year. I know. BYU had 15 sacks last year. Weber State, under Jay Hill, had 33 sacks a season ago. Looking at last year's top 25 teams in sacks, it was about the low end was 34 sacks. So if they hit the number that Jay Hill's Weber State defense hit a season ago, they're going to be hovering in the mix. I, I know it's bold. It's so and look, bold. Top, top 100 might be bold, okay? <laughs> but I want, it to be, I want it to be really bold, Matt. I want this to be racked. Like, it come November, and people go, that was so terrible, or it was so good. And I wanted that to happen, okay? So, top 25, BYU sacks. And you know what? I think there's options. Tyler Batty, I think, is going to be much improved. Yeah. And I think Zay Banya is going to be good. I think he's kind of a kind of a one-trick guy. He's got to kind of evolve more as an overall pass rusher, more to his game than just simply teeing off and going to get the QB. New Latu Sellison from Weber State, under-the-radar guy who I've been high on since spring ball. Preferred walk-on, but, man, Kelly Papinga loves him. And Blake Mangelson, who K-Pop told me, strongest D-end in his position group. So there are options. Let's see how it plays out. I've got a sack bulls prediction, too, but it doesn't even pale in comparison <laughs> to what you just said. That's so, scorching hot. So last year, they had 15 sacks. Think about that. That's bottom 10 in the NCAA. Just And, and what, I think four of them were in the, in the, in the bowl game? <laughs> When Jay Hill stepped in. (laughs) So here's my sack bold prediction. They will reach that number, 15, by the end of September. Okay. Now, it's not that that bold because you got Sam Houston and SUU in there. But that that would be a major step in the right direction in terms of being more aggressive and getting after the quarterback. Here's another bold prediction, staying with the number 25 that I'm going with here. Keaton Slovis, more than 25 touchdown passes. Mm, I got a Slovis one as well. That's, okay. That one's nice. Mine's more bold than that, though. He is going to tie his completion percentage from his sophomore season, mm. which would be his second best in his career. It's not fair to throw the 70% number out there. That's that's pretty... But don't you think he needs that, though, if he wants to be a draft pick again? 70s? He needs to go for like 68 and up Well, that's why That's why I rate? said 67. Yeah. I think if you're upper 60s... That gets you back into the draft conversation. So, 67% completion percentage on the year for Keen Slovis. That's one of my bold predictions. Here's another bold take I have. I think the number one wide receiver for BYU this year will not be Cody Epps. will not be Chase Roberts. It'll be Keelan Marion. Oh. UConn transfer comes in. He's going to be a dynamic playmaker. I talked with Fessy Sataki at the end of that second scrimmage. Asked him if he feels Keelan Marion is the, the best deep threat. And he's like, he's one of them, but I could tell his his eyes got big when talking about Keelan Marion. The potential there. Marion is a speedster. He's also going to factor into the kick return game for BYU. 
It might just be the fact that I feel like he's a home run threat for BYU, but I like the prospects of Keelan Marion. I'll say he ends up as BYU's number one receiver in receiving yards, and I'll go t- touchdown grabs as well. He is a wild card in all the right ways. He could just be a dynamic playmaker that could change the fortunes of the offense. I've got a another passing game bold prediction, just like you had Keelan Marion. I think Isaac Rex will haul in 50 catches this year. I think I like that, that the tight end will be a focus again. I think the play-action game will be heavy. Who benefits from play-action? If it's not a deep shot, you're going intermediate or short to your tight ends. Rex is healthier than he's ever been. I like Rex to have a career year 50 catches. He needs to, uh, and I feel feel like when he's at his best, he can be one of the best tight ends in college football. Yep. That's what he was in 2020, right. and, and that's when he had a clean bill of health. He had 12 touchdown grabs. It's amazing to think last year he still had six touchdown catches despite navigating a devastating injury from 2021 and miraculously was still able to play. I'm excited for Isaac Rex and what he could do. you, you got to think that – even though he's technically a junior because of COVID, he this is his last year. It yeah. feels like fifth year I, in the I, program. Yeah. He's got a wife. He's got a kid. It's it's time to deliver and become that star tight end because, honestly, after him, it's, for lack of a better term, a crapshoot as to what they've got at tight end. they got this Tava Tase, who's a blocker. He's a little bit of a pass catcher, but uh, it's not much. Jackson Bowers is going to have to play some. Uh, but Isaac Rex has got to be good for BYU this season. I'll give you another one, too. BYU will win at least one game because of the leg of one of their kickers. Oh. And, you know, I'm very down. I, I'm very down on any BYU kicker. Last year, I, I, unlike you, was like, Oldroyd, you hug the quarterback. <laughs> nope. See ya. We're moving on. You got to move on. Look, I think it's a very – it's a deal where you look at Matthias Dunn, and Will Farron, if you miss the first one, on to the next guy. Yep. If you miss that one, on to the next yeah. guy. Just, well, there's but, only three. But right? I the do other think guy's a walk on. then you start a walk-on tryout. <laughs> but I think that you got to have uh, someone is going to deliver BYU a game-winning kick. I'll, I think that's pretty bold for that group right now. I like that. All right, Cougar Nation, we're getting to your calls. 801-575-8255. Let's go out to Joe. Joe, where are you from, and are you going to the game this Saturday? Uh, absolutely going to the game this Saturday. Uh, currently reside in Vineyard with my beautiful wife. Hey, me too. Uh, Let's go, Vineyard baby. <laughs> Let's go, Mitch. Uh, so my uh, kind of switching gears a little bit to like what success looks like about Sam Houston State. Um, I think success looks like the offense scoring 40-plus points. Uh, for whatever reason, BYU's offense has been allergic to scoring 40-plus points against FBS opponents. I think they've done it twice in the last 24 games. Uh, Sam Houston's defense is just good enough to be dangerous, um, but they're also just good enough that if BYU can clip that 40-point mark, I feel pretty good about their offense going into Big 12 play. I think that would be a great performance if BYU got to the 40-point threshold. We appreciate the call, Joe. And folks, keep your calls coming, 801 575 8255. If you make it to the air, you'll qualify to win tickets to the BYU Cincinnati game. We'll be having that going on every single week leading up to that Cincinnati game. Uh, but 40 points would be a great start. I mean, with so many new faces on the BYU offense, I think there's this feeling of Slovis just seamlessly transitions from Jaron Hall and Zach Wilson. Like, to me, I'm kind of looking at this game thinking if you get to 31, 35, that's a successful day. There's going to be fewer snaps because of the clock, the, the the new rules with the clock not stopping after first down. 
40 points would be just a, a resounding success if BYU had that. Yeah, I'm, for me, I'm not even putting a number on the points. I want to see, are they improving on what they struggled at last year? They were really poor in short yardage mm, situations. Yep. They weren't, you know, they were middle of the road, third down conversion. Uh, they were horrible on fourth down. Like, let's see what happens if they get in those situations. If it's third and one, like, let's say it's second quarter, it's a little tight because there's less plays because the clock's running and they're at the 40-yard line of Sam Houston and it's fourth and one. Do they get that yard? Does Aiden Robbins pound in or is it still a struggle? So I'm more looking at it from a situational perspective. you got to improve upon the things that you struggled with last year. More touchdowns when you get into the red zone. Uh, converting field goals, something you've touched on, short yardage situations, getting to the quarterback, sacking the quarterback, all these little things to me, if they can show glimpses of that, that will provide me with hope going into the Big 12 portion of the schedule. Getting off the field on third down, too. I mean, that that was a huge calling card of Jay Hill defenses at Weber State. You look through the years that he had at, at Weber, a lot of seasons top 20 nationally in third down defense. If BYU can simply do that, that is a step in the right direction because so many games last year, Matt, that Cougar Nation watched and they saw that defense just not able to get off the field. If you give this offense opportunities for success, they they're gonna have some they're gonna take care of the football. I feel confident in that. And I think that they will have some success in moments. But there will be times where yeah. Sam Houston uh, you know, shows some some that gives you a little bit of uh concern they're because hor- they're not bad. This There's is talent a, there. This is a defense that their scheme, it's a lot of confusion. They're going to run a lot of stunts and a lot of blitzes at BYU. They are confident. They have an identity in their 4-2-5, and they believe in it. And they are quick, and they are athletic. And I remember Kalani in June when I was talking to him at the golf scramble for the media. He's like, Mitch, I, I know that everyone's excited about this Big 12 you know, schedule, but this Sam Houston team, and it could have been coach speak, but I, I just feel like sometimes Kalani puts out a message. And I think that he's just trying to be let people know that this Sam Houston team's got some athletes. And yeah. I think that this coaching staff, they are taking them serious. I think you just got to hope for BYU that the players are as much as the coaching staff is. And I think they are because it is week one, and you want to have a positive first impression in your first week as a Big 12 team. BYU, Sam Houston going to be kicking off 8-15 on Saturday night. Television broadcast will be on FS1. Of course, you can hear the call. Right here on your legacy home of the Cougars, KSL News Radio. Cougar Nation is brought to you by Blue Barn Wealth. Fee only fiduciaries who help you live within your meaning. BlueBarnWealth.com. Taking a break, we'll get to more of your calls on the other side. 801 575 8255. It's Cougar Nation here on KSL News Radio, powered by KSL Sports. Cougar Nation. The Cougars picked it up. Monday at 6 on KSL News Radio. Welcome back in, Cougar Nation. Brought to you by Blue Barn Wealth. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte. Lot of exciting commentary coming out of uh, BYU. It's game week finally, folks. Cougars and the Bearcats coming up Saturday night. First game for BYU football as a member of the Big 12 Conference. Share your takes, your predictions for BYU, Sam Houston, or whatever's on your mind in regards to BYU football by calling us, 801-575-8255. Get on the air, we'll qualify you for potentially winning tickets to BYU, Cincinnati. Only people who call in and share your takes and thoughts with us will be entered in 
to win those And they're tickets. good seats, too. Dang good seats. These aren't uh, nosebleed <laughs> up in the uh, corner where you can't see anything. These are, are good seats. So you want to call and qualify yourself for those seasons. In fact, we got a call right now, Mitch. Let's go out to that phone line. And, hey, forgive me if I mispronounce your name here, but uh, Onita, is that how you say it? And uh, what, do you, what would you like to say? <laughs> it's Onita. I was Onita. close. It's okay. Yeah, well, uh, it's a great year. I just have um, a great hope for BYU and the new team, new quarterback, and new wide receiver. But really, just want to wish them well as they start their journey in the Big 12. And uh, here's to the Cougars. Thank you, Onita. Appreciate the call. Good commentary yeah. there. Uh, BYU going to have, uh, I think, a new wave of potentially fans and eyeballs on this program in the future Uh with being in the Big 12 Conference. So it's going to, it sounds like Honita is going to be tuning in as well to watch BYU. And when could the Cougars take the field on Saturday night? They'll be debuting a new first time uniform combination. Did you see this, man? I'm sure I you did. did. It looks clean. Royal blue helmet. So what's white, new about it, though? Royal blue helmet, white face mask, That's royal blue uniform with white pants. That combination has never been worn. And you get that sort of breakdown on kslsports.com. <laughs> yes, the you deep, do. deep details. It's on the KSL Sports app. I, I gave you the whole rundown of all the combinations they've had since they ran, they rolled out the 2021 Royal Blue Lids. But first time, they're going to roll out that combination coming up on Saturday night. And also, too, it's going to be a striped stadium. So make sure to hate check that. check hate your it. section where you, where you got to wear Royal Blue or White. Why do you hate the striped stadium Because it look? can't be executed. It can't. That's that's the problem. It's gonna look great. Yeah, we'll see about that. I've seen I've seen plenty of pictures of previous times where in the white there's plenty of blue, <laughs> and in the blue there's plenty of white. So I'd rather just go one straight color. Make it easy. They haven't rolled out a striped stadium since 2013. That was Georgia Tech. Remember there's that a reason why, Mitch? <laughs> and I just laid it out. I think fans are gonna show up. I think Cougar fans are gonna show up and and, and deliver on that striped stadium. There might be some pushback. Old prediction. I don't think so. In think fact, that's not even bold. I think right. it's going to look good. When we're in that press box, we'll see. It would look great if we could harness our inner Tennessee volunteer. I just don't know if that can happen. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. But I, I like the efforts, and I think that BYU is doing a pretty good job when it comes to their game day experience. They've also gonna, they're going to have Cougar Canyon again. They've also added the backyard at Cougar Canyon. So across the street on the south end zone at the track and field area, they're going to have more stuff for the kids. So a lot of game day festivities. This is not your mom and dad's BYU game day where it's get the hoagie yogi and bath, grab the mustard pack and pound the Sprite. It's it's Cougar Canyon. It's Stripe Stadiums. It's royal blue new first-time uniform combo. I like it. Is, they, <laughs> they just, they're heading in the right direction. They just got to keep leveling up. You know, I think the next evolution, we talked about this a little bit on Cougar Sports Saturday last week is let's get the tailgate presence a little closer to the stadium, bring it up a little bit. But I'm excited to go down Saturday and, and feel out the vibes. Like, it's a lot of fun every single game day at Lavelle Ridge Stadium. Just get there early, see what it's like. Because if you haven't been in years, it is a lot different from what you refer to as, what, mom and dad's <laughs> uh, Cougar football back in the 80s and 90s. They were winning a little bit more back then. But the... Uh, yeah, the scene around the stadium wasn't quite as vibrant as it is now. They, they've come a long way. Loving all the, the listeners and the viewership with Cougar Nation. There's a variety of ways you can tune in. We've got a stream up on kslsports.com. Right now it said Matt Biamonte Strife Stadium Naysayer. So 
the you're doing reaction. right, and I will gladly uh, bow down and repent if <laughs> it is executed on Saturday. But you know, yeah. I'm, I got to see it before I'm going to just say, "Yeah, throw all these things out," and it's going to happen because it hasn't. BYU and Sam Houston. Is there any chance that the upset is is pulled off here by Sam Houston? Does BYU just cruise to an easy win? I don't think an upset is possible, but I would warn against expectations of a blowout. Mm-hmm. I think the Sam Houston team has a lot of athletes. And you know what? This is the perfect game to start out with. Like These are the games that if I were Tom Holmo going forward in the Big 12, I would always look for these games. A game that you should very easily win. But you're not. It's not going to be fifty to zero. All right. There's going to be some moments in the game where there's a challenge. There's a little stress, a little anxiety. You want that. You want to be tested a little bit. You just don't want to be. You, you don't want this to be LSU back in 2017, where you go down to the Superdome and get blasted. That's too much of a test. Way too much of a test. But this is a perfect game where it's at home. You're going to win, but it might not be 45 to 10. It might be. 34 to 20, and that's okay because that will prepare you for what's ahead in the Big 12 portion of the schedule. So safe to say you're happy then that it's not Tennessee because originally this game was going to be the Tennessee Volunteers until they backed out last year and then Sam Houston. I'm happy for the sake of bowl eligibility because you need a couple of games. And the other reason I'm happy about that too is there's just so much change, right? There's so many new faces in the program. Uh, The transfer portal class is bigger than it's ever been. You need a couple weeks to get that rolling. And so this this year's schedule is set up for some wins and an opportunity to get to a bowl game. But in terms of just helmets and logos and storylines, that Tennessee game would have been awesome. But that Tennessee team probably would have beat BYU in the opener. So this is, this is better for long-term success this year. When you talk about adding wins, and and it's believed that BYU should should roll. I mean, BYU roll. I think they should they should win decisively, Matt. In the Define second half, that. they should win by three touchdowns. Okay. They really should. I mean, that's that's a pretty comfortable win for BYU. I will say though, they're not very good as a sizable favorite. Sub five hundred since nineteen seventy six. So that's a big sample size yeah. when it comes to being a three touchdown favorite. BYU is. Uh, as far as and I would add to that too, Kalani has shown whether you agree with it or not, and if you care what I think, I don't agree with it. But he doesn't love to just pour it on yeah. for sixty minutes. If 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 it gets to a point where in the late third quarter they're up thirty five to seven, he's calling off the dogs. I don't like that. I want to play football from start to finish, and if you can't stop it, that's your your problem. That's your fault. But Kalani has proven throughout his tenure that's not the way he rolls, and you have to factor that in. When thinking about, okay, what's going to happen in this game? What can we brace for? Kalani's not going to let it go to 60 because he hasn't done that very often. BYU's schedule is interesting to open up the season. One of my bold predictions that I did put out on KSLSports.com, I'm starting 5-0. Five, five and oh. That's bold, Mitch. Sam Houston, Southern Utah, at Arkansas. I've got BYU getting revenge. Again, this, this is subject to change. Next week, I could be... Completely tossing that out, but right now, no, it's not subject. It's five, only subject to change till the season begins. Then it's locked in. Okay, five and zero though. Sam Houston, Southern Utah, Arkansas, Kansas, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I think that's winnable. Uh, it's going to be tough, but I feel like three of those five, the ones at home, you should win. Yeah, that's the two road games where they're probably toss ups. Arkansas, you're going to probably be a heavy underdog, but I think it's there's there's a possibility that could happen. And if you do, 
Uh, you know, BYU could be in the national conversation. I've got a completely different story happening in October yeah. Yeah. where I think things then become maybe what you saw last year. But I, I, I feel pretty good about BYU's chances of being a, a good team out of the gates. They're 16-3 and three over the last four years under Kalani Satake in the month of September. They're kind of a early, fast-start team. It's then mid-season yeah. when the depth gets challenged is when BYU starts to fade. You got that 5-0 and with that Cincinnati game being that last one that they uh, get to five wins with. And you can go to that game if you call in right now, 801-575-8255. That will qualify you to get tickets to the BYU-Cincinnati game. We'll announce those winners the Monday show before the Cincinnati game. But you can't get entered to win unless you don't call. And you got one minute to call in. To qualify. So, look, it's a one-hour show every Monday, 6 to 7. We take as many calls as we can. It's going to be a, it's not going to be a huge pool. So, if you call in, get on the air, you're going to have a decent shot of getting that football game on a Friday night. Got the podcast feed as well up on kslsports.com. We'll have coverage throughout the week uh, for BYU and Sam Houston. We're going to be down at practice on Tuesday and Wednesday. Coming up on Friday, going to have a Macy's remote down at Pleasant Grove. So, a lot of BYU content on KSL Sports and here on KSL News Radio with kickoff taking place 8:15 Saturday night it's BYU it's Sam Houston it's BYU in the Big 12 who would have thought it man it's going to happen BYU is actually going to be playing I a game I can't wait to see that logo on the field that's just going to be beautiful isn't it yeah break out the Asmir video the spray you know they're going to do that oh, yeah. you you know they're breaking that out the ASMR video they're going to get the 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 gel and then they're going to talk into the mic Big thanks, Matt. Big thanks to our producer, Nate Slack. Big thanks to our stream crew, Nate Dowdle, Trevor Allen. We'll catch you next week here on KSL News Radio.